Hello, and welcome to the Cleopatra's Bling podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Cummings, founder of the jewellery brand Cleopatra's Bling. In season two of the podcast, we are continuing to bring you interviews with the creatives and craftspeople that we love. In between episodes, we're also telling short stories in the form of mini-sodes, which give an insight into the historical and cultural practices that inspire our artisanal jewellery collections. These are researched and written by my small team, who are from the places where these stories originated and recorded from my home in Melbourne. Wherever you're listening, we invite you to join us in bringing tradition and practices from the past into the present day. Episode 2, The Many-Headed Snake, Musa. Travel back in time thousands of years to the earliest civilization of modern-day Iraq, which lies between the River Tigris and the Euphrates. In this ancient Mesopotamian world, the Sumerians formed large cities dependent on trade and commerce. They worshipped at the feet of the god Ninurta, who blessed their produce and brought them success in battle. Were you to see a statue of Ninurta, you may notice the strange and fearsome snake which lies upon the chariot the great god rides. This is the seven-headed serpent, Musa, who was vanquished by Ninurta on his quest to recover the ancient Tablet of Destinies. It is said that Ninurta was tasked with recovering this sacred text from the bird Imdugud, who had stolen it. Along the way, he encountered the many-headed snake. Stories of such a seven-headed snake are always present across many Indo-European cultures, sometimes male, sometimes female, but always closely associated with both life and death. The Musa was a weapon of the storm god who filled the bodies of its victims with venom. Upon successfully defeating the snake, Ninurta returned the Tablet of Destinies to its home with the god Enlil, thereby returning order to the universe. Everything about Cleopatra's Bling as a label is built around connection, whether this be between the past and the present, different cultures and practices, or between our team and you. At the end of each mini-sode, I'll be answering a question submitted by you as a way of staying connected. I want to share what I've learned through years of making jewellery, growing a brand, immersing myself in history, and being taught by the artisans that trained me in the art of working with gold, silver, and gems. Thank you to everyone who submitted a question on Instagram. We are going to work through your questions incrementally, and the first question is from Bretagi. How does your connection to nature and the natural world influence your design process? I would say that my connection to nature and the natural world influences my design process in that when I'm in a calm place and my mind isn't busy and full of my to-do list, I'm able to really tap into things that have inspired me that I've seen either subliminally or something that I've actually taken note of. So I would say that once I've gone for a, a nice long walk or I'm in the calm of the early morning in my house in Warrandyte, looking over the beautiful view of the Dandenong Mountains, it's a lot easier for me to sort of tap into my inner creative self 
And I find that often when I get into the daily grind, I can sort of lean more into my business side of things. So my connection to nature is really important to me because it brings me back to my true self. And I find that my connection to the world without the hustle and bustle of the internet and Instagram and the news that comes out every day that is really distracting and often disappointing takes away the sort of the pureness of the creativity. So when when I, you know, remember this, I take myself on a walk or I do something really refreshing or something that involves nature like gardening or watering my plants, reading something, and then I come back into my own. For the chance to have your question about jewellery making, creative practices, or whatever you are curious about when it comes to Cleopatra's Bling answered, drop us a line at hello at cleopatrasbling.com with the subject line podcast question. You can also send us your question in the form of a voice memo that we will edit into the podcast. Next time on the Cleopatra's Bling podcast. You know, everyone's saying like Napoli in the south and Puglia is like the new Tuscany. I don't believe that to be true because I think the Pugliese, like, you know, the, the people from Napoli, they're not really interested in that, right? They're not, they, they don't really want everyone hanging around all the time. They're very direct in what they want. And the, the regional cooking, I think, is also very much that way. Until next time, stay curious.